Hello, welcome to the Impact at Home podcast from us at Impact Wales. We're Finola and Jane and every week we'll be bringing you the very best professional learning to help you make an impact in your school. Um, sorry, I was a little bit thrown by that. That's perfectly fine. We're having a, a, a what do you call it, a, a, um, a relaxed introduction to our podcast we this are. morning. Uh, and we'd like to introduce Melissa, Melissa Armashaw from Winevale Primary. Hello, Melissa. Good morning, both of you. How lovely to join you this morning on this wet and miserable day. Oh, it is miserable, isn't it? And it, you are joining us and you're sparing some time in what's been probably the longest autumn term the profession has ever experienced to talk this morning about um, loss of learning and what's what's been going on in school for you since September. But also, as we were saying earlier, what seems like a lifetime ago back in in March 2020 when this all started to, to start with can we just talk to you a little bit about how your role as head teacher has changed um, since March 2020 but more recently you know this term what is what's it been like for you this term oh gosh it's changed so dramatically I think it really has just in its focus and um you know the role that I have with my with my team with the community with the cluster it just everything's shifted as you know it has been a seismic shift really I suppose obviously as a head teacher our, our main focus has always had to be health and safety and safeguarding mm. um but just the operational side of things in a primary school for the safety features and, and things that we've had to put in place, they are, they've, they've impacted dramatically. And I think, you know, on a day-to-day on -day basis now, um, it's just being able to be accessible to staff, community, yeah. et cetera, just to guide them on um, processes at the moment, because the world is a confusing place. And although, you know, there's lots of information out there about what we should be doing during these times, actually, I find that the school has become a focal point for providing that kind of information to parents, families, teachers, um, and being able to kind of give that information from a, a safety perspective. So that role's really changed and that takes, you know, a lot of our time then, not just my time, but all of my leadership team's time, just providing reassurances, giving guidance and so on. That, and that's I, really interesting you should say that, that because um, I, I think the school in a, in a community um, like yours, like in, in Wales, school is often seen as the focal point of the community and it's often mm -hmm. talked about as the focal point of the community but it's interesting that it's now that that's really come to the fore that you are really thinking about communication and spending so much of your time doing that above and beyond as you say that what the actual school needs is just kind of reassurance and that that must be a, a hell of a job it is it's huge it's, you know we've had to look at our staffing to manage it um, dedicated part of our budget then to having a family engagement officer, which we haven't had previously, um, just so that we can sort of take inquiries and go further uh, directing people to different agencies where they may need support, even with regards to thinking about accessing to food banks and things like that on another level. And I think our relationship with the community changed dramatically back in March when we went into lockdown and we, we adopted the approach in our school of, of weekly phone calls quite quickly in. Mm. They did get fed up of us, I have to say. <laughs> there were lots of people who were like, really? Nothing's happened since you phoned us last time? What? 
but that, that's um, nice that is a nice response isn't it it was a nice response and it did shift things and i think that people began to trust us then that we would be able to support them and and to come forward with and that I, and i suppose it's picked things up a lot earlier than you would have done previously and it, you talked about how you, how that relationship has changed within the community since you know since you were so heavily involved in the hub how has that impacted on your relationship with the other schools in your cluster and obviously the secondary yeah oh gosh you know it was there are many positives that come out of this mm. isn't it but um you know for, for us so we closed our school on the friday but on the friday evening we were up at risk of comprehensive um making our plans to open up the hub on the monday i think wow. we managed to postpone it by 24 hours and yeah it was just fantastic just all the cluster coming together really um, working uh, alongside each other and the skills that the secondary uh, teachers bring into it. How fantastic to have these expertise on board. Uh, you know, things I never knew about Google Forms and everything else. So just that, that kind of that collegiate approach within it and just to be able to know everybody by face and to know yeah, yeah. because everybody took on different roles and um you know even cleaning catering staff caretakers all amazing such a huge effort and i think when we remember back to then just how everybody stood up makes a big difference now it's so much easier when we're thinking oh um you know i know that that person's got expertise in that so i can approach them or i know that this person can help out and um there's just been a real pulling together full stop not just in in the cluster but across the whole of Caffili, really this is this is what's interesting because when you think about what has changed and even you know the positives that have changed the idea is that these things have changed and then uh, we'll have the vaccine and covid will recede into the background and we'll go back to how it was before but when you're talking about building relationships that you didn't have as strong before that that's not going to change and there's an awful lot about what happens in school that we would possibly we would like to go back to how it was before but we may not be in a situation to do that and one of the things uh, that may not change to how it was before is how pupils are coping now um, they're not just going to flip back to oh well you know covid is gone it didn't happen to me so how do, how are pupils coping in in school at the moment Yes, it's interesting. I've been talking with my uh, with my staff about it before meeting up with you, just to make sure that um, all the conversations that we had that I am kind of reporting to you exactly as it is, because of course I'm. I'm, I'm work, Melissa. <laughs> well, for the most part, um, I do I do go into classes to some degree, but I'm never in there for more than five minutes. I've got my mask on, and so you know my frontline role has changed quite considerably within the classrooms as to what it would have been before March. So I have to make sure that I'm I'm getting my impression correct from our meetings that we have with our staff, but also you know just that, that you know the uh, the reviews of how the children are doing. So it's, it's a really different picture in our school across foundation phase and key stage two. Okay. Um, so we find that you know it's it's a really interesting one. So our our children in foundation phase, yes, we noticed the gap when they came back. Um, when, you, for some, when you say the gap, what do you mean by the gap? What does what does the gap constitute? It, it felt like they had been frozen in time in March, really? even though, yeah, even though there were there were some children who we um, we know had participated a hundred percent in their home learning, yeah, uh, and uh, there's you know there's different degrees of how much people could access things, etc. Yeah. We still found that when they came back, their their confidence was frozen at that March point, almost like well I know 
what I did in school at this point was this. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I'm really good at these sounds. I'm really good at that uh, addition or subtraction, you know, those areas. But anything I've done since then, I'm, I'm not as confident on. So it wasn't that they didn't have the knowledge of it. It was there, but it was almost like they they'd frozen in time a little it's bit. It's reassurance. Yeah, and I was just gonna say mm. that it just goes to show that there isn't a, a reasonable substitute for being in a classroom with a teacher and all their all their peers, yeah. That, yeah. that pupils actually require that to it's, move their learning forward. It's also the, the, the social aspect of being in school for those younger children. Mm. You know, I can't remember where we were reading learning. something, it's about children, how they then interact with other children. Yeah. That they haven't they might not have seen other children for months and months and months and it's how they can re-establish that it was actually well. something i read on twitter from a head mm. teacher saying that she'd, she'd seen the very little ones coming mm. in um, and actually uh, just not being asked to do it or it's just the way it happened playing silently on their own and it just my heart wept for those children you know the thought of that that was their norm are there any other changes that you've seen? Talk about, what about key stage two? You were saying there was a different picture. Yeah, so I, just to come back to it with the little ones uh, yeah. for a bit, I think a lot of that is because you didn't have your peers to evaluate against. So you right. may have learned a new skill at home, but I think that you need that reinforcement to know, oh, well, I'm I'm there with the person next to me, don't, don't you? You know, yeah. oh, I must have learned it because Bob's learned it and he's doing that and I've learned it. So so I've I've learned it. You need that reinforcement, don't you, from, yeah. from others. I think even as adults, we need that reinforcement from others when we've taken on new challenges. But there, what we're finding sorry, there's a, almost an existential question that there is have you learned something? unless you've seen in somebody else's eyes that you've learned it. It's like that, you know, what the sound of a tree falling in a, in a forest, does it actually make a sound? Is that, is learning only yours or is it, you know, it, it belongs in society? Yeah, that's a really good question. No. Just pop to where I thought we should, yeah, yeah, we should we talk about that. Anyway. That's a good one for another podcast, isn't it? Um, maybe someone more knowledgeable than me about these things but um yeah so we've noticed that but we found that they've they they have really caught up so quickly oh that's great at, in the foundation phase it's just you know and um actually at their in their um in foundation phase just greater independent skills really keen to come back really keen to get into their learning and you know the teacher who at the beginning was thinking oh gosh I, you know I'm a bit nervous about how they're going to do actually now just beaming just oh you know we're, we're there That's whereas in yeah yeah it, it, you know and but we've got a real different story then within key stage two and particularly within our year five and in year six and the difference between those children who came back with that relief at being back in school I yeah. really want to learn I want to be here this is fantastic and then that group of children for whom they don't see the purpose of learning anymore. They, they even, uh, you know, will question it with the teacher and, and uh, whereas they perhaps wouldn't have done that before. And having to engage those pupils has been a big task. Yeah, because that was one of the questions that we were going to ask is that what are the challenges for teachers in, in the classroom? And as you say, that it's very reassuring to hear that with the younger children that they, although they've lost uh, the confidence uh, to know that they've they've learned what they've learned that they've actually regained that very very quickly but that older children seem to be it's it's are you describing it like a, a sort of 
the disadvantage gap is actually why yeah. is it the same children that you would expect to be disadvantaged generally that who are in that kind of group of well we don't see the point of learning and aren't engaging with it even face to face as much as you would like or is it a different group there's an element to it being the disadvantaged um right. uh, definitely children who perhaps weren't as engaged in learning previously right, okay. um for all of this but there's also children um, for whom that isn't the case and who I think on an emotional level this has affected them quite dramatically um, and I think perhaps worry about the future now mm. and can't perhaps they're, see they're, the old, they're old enough to see consequences aren't they and things that are yeah. coming yeah and I think you know I think that's a uh, that is a really interesting point because there's often in the discussions is we talk about children's learners or as pupils but actually they're human beings and they are experiencing the same kind of difficulties with being at home with their parents all of the time or some of them not with their parents with um, other adults and it's they must have uh, been differently affected with COVID just as adults have because I think that's one of the mm. things about COVID that's been quite different to any other of the challenges that we faced over the last few decades is that it's not even you know you're you're getting very different responses and very different effects to different pupils but the the widening of the gap I mean that must be a real challenge for teachers as well. Mm, it, it is it and it's meant that we've had to put our support in in very different ways okay. and that had to look different anyway because of course we've got to keep these bubbles um, well, I, I, you know, I call them pods. Yes, um, we love that. That's such a good idea. Yeah, the, it's the whale pods, isn't it? The whale pods, yes, because, you know, bubbles burst, but pods work together, don't they? So, um, wow. so, you know, it's been very much that we've had to keep those as isolated as possible. So normally, you know, your ELSA staff, your Thrive staff would be working across the different pods. But now that hasn't been the case because um, we've been really regimented. Uh, we've carried at, you know, out our, our risk assessments. Um, they're very much guided on us making sure that we don't have that cross-contamination as I'm sure all schools yeah. are doing. Um, but that's meant that we haven't been able to have as, that the same sort of expertise going across, but then that's, that's led to a whole different side of things with our staff for kind of that distributed leadership and that um, disseminating of information so that everybody now is quite confident with delivering those programs because built expertise because it's been a necessity to build expertise across all of the and the, the relationships must have been must be for those uh, adults working with their children in a, a particular pod they must be much stronger as well definitely because I think that probably what the public doesn't recognize is the fact that that classroom teacher is worth uh, is with the child children you know all the way through the day now you know yeah. lunchtime cover break time cover all of that to reduce as much contact as possible we have a very small staff room staff are unable to sit in there to eat so they eat with the children um you know all of these different things so um they're exhausted by the end of the day but they also then have you know built up that such a strong relationship with the children because they're having downtime with the children as well um so yeah that's uh, you know there are positives and negatives of that yeah and i think that is that is a real challenge for teachers because we were talking to a teacher in secondary school and he, he was saying that the job has changed 
dramatically. And I think that's one of the things that anybody outside education doesn't really understand. That if you think about, you know, you're almost like an actor on stage going on and performing and controlling and motivating and reassuring and all of those very, very emotional requirements of being a teacher. If you're doing that for the, your, the entirety of when you're actually in work, it's completely draining. And I've seen so many people on, on Twitter talking about teacher tired. And I think that, you know, it, it is a real challenge. It's meant we've had to really focus on what we do outside of school, you know, the, the extracurricular things, the, um, the meetings, the professional learning, as we talked about earlier, um, to ensure there isn't that overload. Yeah. Because at the same time now, as, thing, as time has gone on, what we have, have, what's happening is because teachers can't take time out to attend training, a lot of that training is now moved to that 4 till 6 p.m. time slot, which in many ways, you know, we all appreciate. We like the fact that a whole day's training has been condensed into two hours. And for the most part, that works really well. But not if that's, a, a, you know, a, a constant cycle of needing to attend these things because... It's your working day, isn't it? Yeah, at four o'clock, people are very, very tired. Um, yeah. Because it is, as you say, um, putting on a brave face throughout the day trying not to remember that you haven't seen your own mother in, you know, four yeah. months, trying to remember all of those different things. Have I remembered this to go, you know, all the things that everybody's dealing with, but then reassuring the children and making sure that they've got as, as engaging a learning experience as possible. Yeah, yeah. it is an absolute gargantuan task. And I think that we need to be realistic about, um, like you say, how much teachers can cope with on top of that. And that was actually going to be one of our, our questions was that uh, a little bit about professional learning. Do you want to uh, talk about that, Jane? Well, it's, it's thinking about everything that's going on day to day, but we've also got curriculum for Wales ticking along alongside it. And it's how do you prioritise what your, what your professional learning is for your staff at this particular moment in time with a view to, you know, the whole education agenda and what's, what's, coming in the next you know 12 18 months yeah it has been a really difficult balance because you know trying to balance the workload issues and the 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 general sort of running of things mm -hmm. um coming back to the health and safety all of the time and then balancing that with professional learning has been difficult we've kind of taken a different uh, way of running it um so for example all of our staff meetings don't start until four so that people can get home Mm -hmm. um, and so that when we're doing that hour, as soon as the hour is over, they're able to be with their families and their children and, and so on. And we've tried to really streamline it. So um, the most important thing, obviously, for us at the moment is knowing exactly where the children are. So assessing them accurately um, and then being able to um, move them on in their learning. So it's all about assessment. And you know that that's been a big focus for us in school. Yep. So it's that our professional learning is focused on that and we've we've looked at then instead of having um you know professional learning meetings uh, on a weekly basis for example that the staff having time to just develop that with a with a um a mentor in school and looking at their own research and and working together on that uh, but all but it, that's done collegiately through through teams rather than through meetings um, do you think then that with all these necessary changes like you say that 
you know, getting home to do your professional learning rather than staying in school to do it, which is a lovely way of doing it. And I, I think if I were in your school, I'd really appreciate that. But do you think that professional learning um, is going to work differently from now on in? Well, I hope so, because actually, there's, I think there's been many positives that have come from, but so there's, there's two sides to it, isn't there? So when you're all trying to collaborate on something and, and organize something, I think you need to be quite often together in a room to bounce off each other. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes, there's nothing that replaces that, is there? So sometimes in a staff meeting, I'll say, has anybody got anything? Raise your hand, is it? And there's no hands, and it's just like, <laughs> is there anyone there hello yeah. hello and so that doesn't work then as well does it it can work but it's it, again it's like engaging the children isn't it you've got to really think about how you're going to get the responses coming through yeah zoom is zoom has that little lag doesn't it and you get don't get enough information and we've had plenty of those you know we're just going to ask a question as, as you say tumbleweed complete silence so yeah but so, but what other things from what you're currently doing with your professional learning, you think that if you had the opportunity, you would want them to continue forever? Um, I, I, you know, uh, on a person from a personal perspective, I like the reduced amount of needing to be outside of school. Yeah. So um, I like the fact that the meetings I can drop in while still being here, and that it's yeah. um, and and also. I suppose I've also prioritized things and um, for me the most important thing at the moment is that I'm here and, and that the children are safe and, and that we yeah. I'm providing these reassurances. Um, on a staffing level, I suppose um, is that being able to work together without actually being in the same room. Yeah. Um, that uh, and that yeah, you know, so uh, working on shared documents, not necessarily even that we're having meetings, yeah. but that we're com you know, coming together on that. Um, reducing down perhaps our, um, when we are working together, so more in, in partners, et cetera, that's been really effective um, rather than it always being a whole a whole school. Remember, we're a really small school as well. I think that, you know, we're, um, we're six teachers, seven, uh, seven classes. Um, and sometimes actually less is more has, has worked really well for us. Yeah, but but not forgetting that you're you're not alone. There are so many schools of the same size as you mm. all over Wales. I mean, obviously there are lots of different size schools, but the small is quite common, you know, with just yeah. a few teachers. I mean, even with teachers, we were contacted a couple of weeks ago by a school that just had the three of them, including the head, which must make things like, you know, sharing work at the moment quite easy because there yeah. are only the three of you it also means that cluster work can take place because it's yeah. much easier to get everybody together on, yeah. on zoom or teams at that particular amount of time and you're not taking out a whole morning with people traveling back and forth you can just allocate the odd hour here there yeah lack of track you know needing to travel places is a huge bonus with it yeah. um, and having people um on site uh while they're having their training that has that's been um a positive as well I think from our point of view, uh, the other thing that we wouldn't um, want to go by the wayside is that we've, as we've been developing our projects, so um, trying to bear in mind how our curriculum is working. So um, we, we did a lot of work on that in 1920, but what that's, uh, that really firmed up then during lockdown, ironically, because our, our, so our AOLE leads really feed into our projects, but they're a whole school project. 
Mm. Um, and so um, that that was a real positive for when we were in lockdown because parents would be working on the same project with their year one child as with their nice. year five child. Yeah. And our AOLE leads were able to um, share with parents the, what the progression looked like. So say you were sat down with your child and you were looking yeah. at volcanoes but this is what your year one child should be um, getting from the experience. And this is what your year five child. So they really looked at those. Oh, that's really interesting. That is, is a real sort of um, uh, insight for parents into what goes on in school and how it looks over time. Because when it's your, when you have a child who is going through school, you often don't see that, you don't, do. you, know, you don't understand. So that's a really interesting little insight. Yeah, so we, and that's worked well. Uh, and that was something we wanted to carry on um, all the way through the next topic. So um, just that information and having that leadership from each of the AOLE leads, um, making sure that uh, the projects are really um, based on their expertise rather than teachers uh, perhaps taking it um, in their own direction. I don't think I'm making sense at this point, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are making sense as well. You're, you're having that whole school view yeah. of yeah. progression. And I think that's exactly where, you know, you know, with the discussions we've had with Curriculum for Wales, it's, you know, it's, it's, that's the thing that we want to, to get to, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I th Melissa, thank you very much for your time. Before we finish, I just wanted to kind of pull out one point from uh, what you were talking about earlier on that I think is really important and something that we might come back to at a later date. That when you mentioned about the the, the young children, you know, the, the, the learning loss being really very obvious and the confidence not being there, but it being regained very quickly, but the older children struggling a little bit more. If you look at the research, they actually say that the uh, the loss um, will be greatest at the the older age group. So when we're talking about you know year nine and above, that's where the focus needs to really be. But it's been absolutely fascinating hearing about what goes on in your school, and we we love so much about you know the, the pods. That's such a, a lovely little uh, metaphor there for how you are working in your school and that reassurance and keeping everyone safe. Thank you very much for your time. You're welcome, both of you. It's been lovely to see you. Yes, yes, even if it isn't in person. One day, one day, we will be able we'll to be see back. each other face to face, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Lovely. Thank you both. Okay, bye now. Bye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes. You can find us online at www.impact.wales. You can also follow us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Impact Wales. On Facebook and Instagram, search for Impact Wales. And on LinkedIn, search for Impact School Improvement.